From Wondery, this is I Hate My Boss, workplace drama, comedic relief. I'm Liz Dolan. And I'm Larry Seal, and it's time for a couple of after-hours questions. Let's start with a question from Stuck in the Middle, who's, well, stuck in the middle of some office romance drama. Oh. They write... More than a year ago, I recommended a friend from college, let's call her Jane, to get a job at the company I work for. About six months ago, I noticed she and her co-worker, they have the same position, were acting a little too friendly. Let's call the co-worker Max. Okay. Their job required lots of travel, and the two of them were frequently in another state, staying in neighboring hotel rooms. However... Jane's been dating one of my other college friends, Bill, for the last six years. Oh, dear. And Max has been living with his girlfriend for years. But, like you said in the episode on Office Romance, they were fooling no one. No one. We knew this. About a month ago, my suspicions were confirmed when Jane's boyfriend, Bill, emailed me asking for the phone number to Jane's supervisor, my company's HR department, and just about everyone else's contact information so we can out their affair and try to get Max fired. Ruh-roh. Oh. And maybe Jane as well in the resulting crossfire. I refused to help Bill in his revenge, and I recommended he make a clean break. It's been a month now, and in that time, Jane left Bill. Max has been seen with his girlfriend, but Max's relationship status is unknown. I don't know who in the office knows what, and everyone appears to be acting normal. (laughs) Do other people know about Max and Jane? Do Max and Jane know that I know? Do I talk to them about anything at all, or do I say nothing? How do I stay professional in this situation, Liz? Wow. Wow. I feel like I need to diagram this letter (laughs) or reimagine it as one of those British comedies of manners with lots of characters popping in and out of doors and beds. (laughs) Right. I can can see the- One door opens, the other closes. I see the stage version of this stuck (laughs) in the middle, but I just have two key things to say. Number one, You did the right thing, not joining in on Bill's revenge plot. Well done. Number two, you should just continue to stay out of it. It's so tempting, isn't it, to want to know the deets, to get to, get to the bottom of, ooh, what's really going on behind the scenes? But resist, stuck in the middle, resist. Okay. First of all, I think this is super complex, and it's like those time-switching movies that I get super confused in and I hate, (laughs) and I just sit there and I'm like, present, future, I don't know, I'm (laughs) hating this movie. So stuck in the middle, here's the thing. You were super smart not to respond to Bill and not get in this any more than you already are. I'd say not your drama, not your choices, not your business. Do what I do when I get confused in the movies. Start whistling and think happy thoughts about dinner and drinks. (laughs) Good luck, though. Larry, our next question comes to us from a signed fully capable parent who happens to be female, uh, who's noticed some <laughs> sexist name. comments from her boss after she had a child. Oh, fully capable writes, there are four employees in the company, two men and two women, all of whom recently welcomed new babies. Right. So that's. Four people, four babies, just so you can follow along, Larry. This is a a fertile workplace, Liz. (laughs) I've noticed the boss man treating the situation very differently between the dads and the moms. He asked me and mom number two privately if we were sure we were coming back from a short-term disability leave. 
Our company offers zero days of paid maternity slash parental leave. Boo. I just finished my master's degree and published a book, and I'm on a career track. Plus, we need my salary to pay the bills. One of my male colleagues said he was going to take some sick time to bring his child to a doctor's appointment. And boss man said, what's your wife doing? Can't she take the baby? No. I know. Can you believe No. That? In this day and age? Oh and then boss man has a practice of trying to connect with the employees by talking about something non-work related at the beginning or end of a private meeting, which is normal. With men, it's sports. With me, oh no. he asks me about my kids. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my kids at work, especially with someone who may use this information against me. Yeah. Any tips for how to gently nudge the culture in a more equal direction? I am fully capable of working full time while being a parent, just like boss man and all the members of the board of directors. Nice. Well, the first thing this reminds me of is an episode we did. I think it was episode 22 when you talked about some sort of a syndrome that was that was like. Oh, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. That was we had a question about pumping at work, right? Right. And, oh, that's right. And I, right. and I was talking about how, you know, women, new mothers back at work, they don't want to make a lot of noise because they're trying to be kind of under the radar because right. people are suspicious that they have new baby and they doubt their commitment to work. Mm. There's a lot of academic work. It's called maternal wall bias. Experts have done all kinds of studies into what happens. Essentially, it's just a very open form of gender bias, right? As you can see in right. this example, because it's a stereotype type that links motherhood with lack of competence and commitment. You think it's kind of like, well, the guy's just being a jerk, but it's actually more dangerous than that because all of these studies that have done, you know, comparing now just women with identical resumes, okay. but one woman has a child and one woman doesn't. So what is the motherhood penalty? Mm-hmm. They're 79% less likely to be hired if they have a child, 100% less likely to be promoted, and offered $11,000 less in salary oh for the God. same position. Plus, and here's where I know it's gotten to working moms that I know, they are actually held to higher standards of performance and punctuality. Uh, you know, so... We've got your, our eye on yeah, you. Yeah, right? we are watching you. Yeah. So fully capable. There is an online resource I want to recommend for you from the Center for work slash life law. And there's a whole section of videos there called maternal wall survival strategies. And two of them really made sense to me. I watched them all, even though I'm not a mom. <laughs> One is like when you're talking to boss man, always be sure to affirmatively confirm your career aspirations. Yeah. Like, yes, I will take that business trip. Yes, I want new accounts. Because if you don't, Assumptions are made just automatically, unconsciously or consciously, boss man's thinking she doesn't really have it anymore. So, so number one is really affirmatively confirm your aspirations. And number two is refocus attention. And you have already sensed this in the discussion about kids versus sports. Yes, you do have to actually do that. It's going to be a total pain. Yeah. You may have to do that until your kids like get married. <laughs> married and have their own kids. Right. And these experts say you need to overcompensate, like just try to yeah. very directly move the conversation away. And another thing, they said that when mothers are not actually at their desk, like maybe you're traveling, maybe you're at a conference, maybe you're just down the hall at a meeting, people assume you're home with your kids. Again, yeah. there's this unconscious bias where they're assuming that somehow you're slacking. Right. So experts recommend that you 
actually make sure if you're out of the office tomorrow at a conference that somehow you let people know you are at a conference if you're mm-hmm. traveling for work. So it's going to be a total pain, Get but <laughs> but that's there's a lot of good advice uh, online about how to deal with this, but it's a thing, maternal wall bias. Yeah, it's painful as I listen to you say that, and, and yet- It's just lurking I mean, in the back. You just, you, you've got to deal with it as, as stinky as it is. <laughs> stinky. Yeah. That's I'm, a very professional word. Uh, it's just, ah, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know- uh, I could see a manager sitting there and going, oh, gosh, well, maybe, you know, maybe Liz wouldn't want to go to that conference. Exactly. Because, and you say, no, actually, I'd love to go to that conference. I'd love to learn about that or I'd be very interested in that. It's a great teaching tool for the manager. Yeah. yeah. I'm hungry for that stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, the point is you have to do that preemptively, though, yes, Larry, right. because it's very rare you're going to be sitting in front of the boss when the boss says, yeah, you probably don't want to go. Right. No, the boss is just, like, the boss is just automatically yep. disqualifying you from that kind of stuff. So yep. that's why you really have to overcompensate. But should she should she go talk to her boss about it? I think so. Look, speaking as a man, we can be really dumb. <laughs> um, and, and, and you don't have to take responsibility no, for your I, whole gender. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Also, I would tell you, I'm especially sensitive about this because I don't have kids, so I get that there's a bunch of stuff I don't get. No, me too. I put myself in the same category. Right. So, not a man. So, you know, I don't have that handicap. However, <laughs> uh, I'm not a parent. So, that particular so, <laughs> gender issue. Please. So, no, because I'm not a parent, I have. I've been super conscious at work right. about am I falling into the same traps? I'm yeah. sure I have. Exactly. Like, I totally copped well, that. Well, and because we care about good bossery, yes. we're thinking about those things. But I think a lot of people don't. And there's a saying out, out there about when in doubt, assume good intent. Assume mm-hmm. he's not trying to get in the way of your career. He's just being dumb. He's probably thinking, oh my gosh, maybe you know that would have been helpful to my wife or my mother or whatever. Wrongly, mm-hmm. in this case. So but can I you would, really change that? I think what you can do is you can certainly call it out in a way, and, and it might sound like, look, you're talking to me about how my kids are and checking on them, which on one hand, I got to tell you, I appreciate. It's very nice. They're meaningful to me. It's important in my life. I can't but help notice that when you're talking to the guys, you're talking to them about Lakers, you're not talking to them about their kids and their parents too. And I got to tell you, it makes me feel a little bit weird. And I'd really appreciate it. I like baseball. I like running. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like a lot of other things. I'd appreciate it if you talked to me about that, too. Now, I got to tell you, if I was on the receiving end of that, I would be, A, horrified that I had fallen into something like that. I'd turn on a dime and give you nine cents change. And I'll bet, at least for the ones who aren't doing it with real bias in their hearts, yeah. I think having that conversation in that way is a good educator. Yeah. What do you think? I think I would be too chicken to have that conversation, just mm-hmm. to be totally honest. No, that's like, right. would I ever say that to someone? Because I just assume these are such deep-seated attitudes mm. that something I say is not going to change. Liz, them. and I, let me push back on that because as a coach, I'll tell you they are deep-seated, but they're unconscious. Mm-hmm. People don't really know they're doing them, and if you're really gentle in pointing it out, yeah. they often go. I'll be damned. So that's why I think if I could like gin up the courage to do what you're recommending. I wouldn't say, so talk to me about baseball, too. I I would just say, you know, I really don't want to talk about my kids. I'd love talking to you about things that are going on here at work, projects we can be doing together. Those are the personal conversations I'd like to have with you. And I want to put it back on a... 
professional, professional setting. setting somehow. That's fitting with your approach, your personality, your style. We talk about making it work for everybody. Mm-hmm. You're being very clear about what works for you and what's satisfying. Yeah. If you're a good, high performer, I'm bending over backwards to talk about things in a way that meet yeah. your needs. Yeah, and it goes back to that recommendation I was sharing about affirmatively confirm your career aspirations. Yeah. So anyway, good luck. If you can name yourself fully capable parent who happens to be female, you're capable of a ton of stuff. That's incredibly <laughs> clever. And I, I hope this works out really well for you. Amen, sister. Okay, everyone, don't forget to send us your stories and questions about email and Slack etiquette. If your boss emails you at nine at night, are you obliged to respond? Is it okay to ignore it? We're here to answer all of your communications questions. You can send us your questions on Twitter or Facebook. We're at I Hate My Boss Show. And our phone number is 424-224-5711. If you're listening on a smartphone, just tap the cover art to see the episode notes and you'll find a link to call us right there. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back here on Monday. Remember, workplaces can feel crazy. But you don't have to.